Hello, this is Norma Sheehan from the Heal Your Hole podcast, asking you to heal my hole for a change. The hole in my pocket. It's just a small one-off payment, no subscriptions, takes 30 seconds to do apparently. So you need to follow the support this show link in the show description. And every payment increases my healing power. So I can continue to tend to your lazy holes, hairy holes, needy holes, itchy holes, money holes, smelly holes, arseholes. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode number 48 of the Heal Your Hole podcast with myself, Norma Sheehan, where we will look at all the various holes in your life, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, comical, sexual, and we give them all a good scene too. Last week we did Chat Hole with Sharon Mannion. She's a comedian and her partner's also a comedian and we discussed what it's like to make love to a comedian and other such interesting topics. This week we're doing Sexy Hole and I'm going to speak to Kate McGrew. You may know her from the Tommy Tiernan show. She was interviewed on that. She was also on the reality show Connected. She is the director of Sex Workers Alliance Ireland and she's a sex worker herself. She's a gorgeous human. She's an advocate. She is trying to help decriminalise sex work because back in 2017 we stupidly here brought in the Swedish model which made sex work a criminal act and now anyone working in the industry is not supported financially. They are not safe. They have no voice. And before you turn this off and go, dirty, 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 no, probably someone you know is working in the sex industry. It is the oldest, in, well, one of the oldest industries ever and it's not going away. And possibly someone you know visits a sex worker every now and again. So, you know, have a listen, tune in. And this woman is so intelligent. Here we go. Hello, Kate McGrew. I am so honoured to speak to you. I am fascinated by the work you do and the way you dedicate your whole life, that you would die by the sword to help the cause. So I've already told the listeners that you are Kate McGrew, Lady Grew of the Sex Workers Alliance of Ireland. But you're also, I mean, you have your own personal life as well. You are from originally where in America? Southern Ohio originally, but I moved here from New York where I had been for about 10 years in 2008. Okay. And how did you become a sex worker? Did you have a calling? Because it's, or is it, do you find, because <laughs> it must be a satisfying job. I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, sometimes it is satisfying. Sometimes it's not, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So um, I, I got into the industry because I was working for Greenpeace and I met a couple of hippies there who told me that they were, moonlighting as doms and that they were working uh, in these dungeons where they were around really interesting women and that was very fun and much more lucrative than Greenpeace. So off I went. You know, I I think like anybody, our paths lead us um, throughout our life. So probably um, it would be true that I was a bit wild at the time. And so it wasn't a massive leap for me to enter the sex industry. And in fact, it kind of helped me to draw um, better boundaries around my sexuality in general. Okay. And speaking of that, because I I come from a Catholic Ireland and 
it's pretty pathetic that I mean I wouldn't have found me me good fun bits me you know I I, I didn't know about the clitoris I didn't know about mm. anything other than wham bam thank you ma'am it was many many years on before you realize that like an orgasm is this energy that goes through your whole body and people need touch and physical contact and all that kind of thing it's so important mm, absolutely I mean I think throughout the world, people have had really bad sex ed. And in fact, I think it's really the root of a lot of the problems around mishandling and misunderstanding the sex industry. But it's funny you mentioned that, Norma, because, uh, well, I'll be coming out with the book um, with Mercier Press this year. And um, in preparation for that, I, I was at home in Ohio and I was looking through journals that I wrote. So from the time I was you know, seven years old, I wrote pretty much every day in a journal. So I had like over 40 filled journals. And so I found the day from when I had my first orgasm and it was so cute and it was so sweet. But you know, um, and you can read about it in the book, but um, I had sort of discovered it on accident, which is crazy. Right. And wh- what about your own love life? Because obviously, mainly you would um, compartmentalize the work. I mean, maybe sometimes, you know, you get more involved than other times. But how do you replenish yourself then? Or are you in a relationship yourself? I am actually. I'm dating a really, a really, really wonderful man. And um, he's obviously extremely open-minded and extremely smart and caring and cool. Um, But, um, you know, the sex within the sex industry is very different than outside it. Generally, I mean, you you are sort of wearing a, a hat of of work when you're there, so it, it's very different than having an open relationship. I find. I know that sex work was always legal, and then the Swedish model was brought into Ireland, and that has yeah. made it criminal now to be involved in sex work in any way. So it's just made everything worse for everyone. Correct. Uh, It certainly has. Yeah. So what it did was uh, double penalties for co-working. So um, it was always legal to sell sex by yourself, but illegal to work with a friend, to share a workspace with a friend. So penalties for that kind of working under so-called brothel keeping law have doubled and they've increased a potential jail sentence. And people have been sent to to jail for this, um, for co-working. So that is a major, major problem for because it means if we want to work legally, we have to work alone. Um, It means also if we have problems at work, if we're working with a friend, we might be hesitant to report it because we don't want to draw attention to us for having been working illegally. So that's a big problem. But also for the first time, it criminalized the purchase of sex. And so now our income is criminalized. So it's definitely deepened precarity for everybody and has just created a lot of barriers for us to engage with any kind of supports that we might need. So is it before 2017 you could earn a living and pay taxes from it or was that never, um, you know, like the New Zealand model where you're totally protected, you earn, you pay taxes? Is it now a case here that you're, they've just pushed everyone deeper underground in an industry that isn't going to go away ever? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're darn right. So rarely do people uh, be registered to, to pay taxes on here, unfortunately, even if we can work legally, because we're essentially criminalized by proxy. So I happen 
to pay my taxes uh, regards to it. But but it is a bit rare. But that's because, you know, there, there's so many different ways that we are criminalized because of these other kinds of laws. It's, it's illegal to advertise. It's illegal to work out of your own home. It's illegal to hire security. It's illegal to have somebody to work with you as a vetted employer kind of thing. And of course, illegal to work with a friend. And then there's also the stigma and the material consequences of doing work that's so stigmatized. So, you know, at Sex Workers Alliance Ireland, we've helped people who have had their children taken off of them. We've helped people who have been evicted. We've helped people who have been deported both formally and sort of informally. So it's it's a real problem that it exists in this quasi-legal, highly stigmatized environment. Right. And I know you've chosen this path, right? And very interesting job and very rewarding. And some people may be involved in it that haven't chosen this path. They might be forced into it through financial situation or by someone or whatever. Those people are now less protected. It's those people in particular that are now in most danger. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, when you talk about choice, the the word choice in the sex industry, we need to acknowledge that people are working in the sex industry on a spectrum of choice, circumstance and coercion, and that often people's experiences are moving around that spectrum anyways. So, for example, there was a woman that we were helping in Northern Ireland who in the beginning of the pandemic, she saw a dip in her clients. And so she had a friend uh, somewhere in England who said, come over here. I know a man who can get us clients and you can make money and it'll be good and fine. So she goes over there. She starts to make a lot of money with him. When he saw how much money she was making, he took her passport and he took all the money from her. And these are classic signifiers of what we would call trafficking. So she managed to get away from him and get to the police there, contact us. We helped get her a new passport. We helped get her a plane ticket back to Northern Ireland where she came back and we were assisting her with whatever she needed, whatever supports she was saying that she needed. But in fact, at that point, when she came back to Northern Ireland, she wanted to resume doing the work here as well. So it's just kind of a good example of how people's experiences move in and out of choice, coercion and circumstance. And when we don't have legal avenues, there are, of course, people that are poised, ready to exploit our need to be on the black market and our lack of options. So you're darn right. You're dead right. And am I right that there's students as well, whether they're doing Little bits of work online on these kind of protected sites where you get paid X amount for the level of what you give. They're not protected now either. And you can't ignore that. There's so many thousands of students who are doing it and not even students, just younger people who are not protected. And also, like, I have three daughters. Mm. If they ever get in a fix, I'm here. But I could die in the morning. And if they were in this line of work, they're screwed. Yes, I mean... Herein lies the rob, you know, we're just looking for within the sex industry for there to be as safe of options as possible, you know, and and we also where we're concerned, as we, of course, are with people ending up in sex work who don't want to be there at all. We just argue instead of fruitlessly 
um, trying to end demand. We've seen this in no corner of the globe is there not a sex industry. So instead of meddling with this means of survival, if those people who are meddling there would instead work with us towards prevention, towards regularizing undocumented migrants, towards supports for single mothers, affordable housing, drugs and domestic violence supports and homeless LGBT, you know, affordable living in general, then we'd be working together, you know, and I think it's so critical that people know when they're entering the sex industry what it's like, you know, and, and there are so many, like you said, as particularly young people are starting to sell content now, etc. And while there um, only recently has been some success regards to a woman finding justice when somebody was stalking and blackmailing her with her OnlyFans account, the reality is when you put your image out there, um, it is the Wild West and people... <laughs> can do whatever they want with it. So it's not to say that sex work is, you know, to be a glamorizer, that it's any kind of job. It's a very, very unique kind of job. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to have these conversations. Well, it's so unique because, I mean, it's so important that you help someone with a disability or someone who just wants company. Like my hairdresser tells me she sees men come in every week who don't need their hair done, but they're living at home on their own and they just have no one has hugged them or touched their head for a whole week. And she said it's so important. Yeah, I mean, people always ask me about my clients and I'm like, you know, if I was on the street and I, I had a net, say, I mean, that would be handy, <laughs> had a net and I could kind of cast it uh, over the, yes, we, we will say all of the men on the street, um, it would really contain my clientele, the cross section of what men in society are like. So I, I really would say that the percentage of my clients that are married is the percentage of men in society who are married. I have a lot of student clientele. I, I do have a lot of widow clientele, but you're right. I mean, I remember one particular client I have who who had come back from having cancer and bless his heart when he came, he cried because he had been told that he was never going to come again, you know? And so those kinds of moments, they really are, uh, like you say, uh, satisfying in a different kind of way. I think you would be the person to call when there's a marriage problem. Like I know a couple who they went and got help for their sex life instead of going to a marriage counsellor and it it ticked the box. <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, listen, you know, what, what we do provide is is uh, fantasy, you know. And um, so I, I have had people come to me. I, I had a woman client here who had suffered... Uh, a lot of trauma early on and it was preventing her from having a sexual relationship with her husband and so she and I throughout the bookings just spent time really sensually and uh, sexually together but just sort of you know creating that je ne sais quoi when she walked in the room together and you know, oftentimes that's all that's missing, you know, because people become so close that things, of course, they can fizzle. So I suppose it's Dale. very classic. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, what steps have you made recently to decriminalize sex work? Yeah, well, we um, this year they, they reviewed the law that we have, and that review is still ongoing. Um, an independent... Um, woman named uh, Maura Butler has been tasked with looking at the over 200 submissions that people have sent in regards to what the uh, law is like, you know, from sex workers ourselves, from first-hand experience, and I suppose from a whole host of other people about what they think about it from the outside. And then in the terms of reference, they've said that they're to meet with stakeholders for interviews and roundtables. And so we're really looking forward to that final stage, because if it does come to pass that instead, you know, Ms. Butler comes comes down from the mountain with the report written on a tablet, we're going to be looking to our allies to say, wait a second here, um, there was meant to be a final step in this process. So at Sway, we also do have a sex work bill that we'll be putting forward at the right time. And we've taken the infrastructure of the existing act and basically done the work for the government should they give us the decriminalization that we desperately need and want. Particularly in a time like COVID, you know, if you were to compare to New Zealand, who seem to get things right, for, um, my, my in-laws actually live there. I presume it's gone more virtual, sex work is during COVID. There's a slight reduction in physical contact, but I presume virtual sex work has increased massively, has it? Yeah, I mean, we really did what we could in the beginning because sex workers had no support from the government whatsoever. Uh, and in fact, Sway was explicitly denied emergency funding, even though anti-prostitution prostitution outreach uh, organizations were given money. Now, we did, to, to, to her credit, for sure, we met with the Minister for Justice. And once she sort of understood better the scope of our work, she did invite us back for a meeting to discuss funding. But as it is now throughout COVID, we were left to crowdfund a hardship fund ourselves to give out little bits of cash to people, giving out Tesco vouchers. And we did what we could to help people move their work online. It's not an option for everybody, but... In the beginning, it was actually, you know, people had moved online and I think people were finding it quite lucrative. But then a main advertising site sort of realized how much more money they could make off of us, basically. And they drove all of the traffic to a new site, and put a cap on how much money uh, we could charge and promised clients the sun, moon and stars. And so it kind of drove the industry back down. So people are really struggling again now. God. And, uh, and for, for those people who think they can just banish it and get rid of it, it is never going to go away. Sex work is I mean, can I say crucial? It's never going to disappear. And um, those people who believe they can just push it down under their thumb and, and make it just go away. I mean, if that was Reiki or something like that, you know, I know someone who lives next door to, she's in a different country, but she lives next door to a sex worker and she rang me going, I'm concerned. I see people coming and going. I'm not. And I said, well, are you being harmed? Are you being bothered? Um, mm. If not, 
then would you be ringing me to tell me this if it was Reiki or if it was massage or if it was, you know, where's, I, I mean, mm. I'm an actor. I've played, I haven't done any raunchy roles, but like, where's mm-hmm. the line between acting and sex work in one way? Like we're, mm. we can be for, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's very much that, you know, and and I think you're you're hitting on it there because, you know, there, there's a body called CEDAW. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They're the con, um, convention for the elimination of all forms of discrimination against women. And they were for a long time trying to decide about taking position on sex work and eventually, unfortunately, came out in support of the Swedish model. And something really stuck out to me that one of the things that they said is that prostitution is inherently incompatible with the dignity and worth of the human person. And this really drove home for me how no matter how much we talk about harm and safety, et cetera, the the real underlying issue is a paternalism and infantilization of particularly uh, female sexuality. It used to be even homosexuality as well, but now they've come on a little bit there. Oh, male sex workers can take care of themselves, but we're still overly concerned about uh, women's ability to make decisions that, that make sense for themselves in the moment. And, and so I think that is really what we're up against. And we have been since the beginning of time, Norma. So I think the, that's it. The bottom line is, OK, sex work is going to be always there. Even if I was someone who was anti, 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 we still need to decriminalize it because you're putting so many people at risk by not decriminalizing it. So the bottom line is, how can people help? Yeah. Realize that it needs to be decriminalized. And how can you get through to politicians or will this review hopefully if it's a, if it's a positive outcome help open the eyes of the politicians because the bottom line is it ha- like it has to be decriminalized because more people are just being harmed that was a step backwards absolutely you know and i think it's not uncommon for regressive laws to pass at the same time that culture is progressing and i think that's really happening here you know it's very clear we can see that the culture is starting to get it that people are understanding this is a labor rights issue and so again we have to work on the structural inequalities that make people end up in sex work who don't want to be there and that make people vulnerable within the industry. But therefore, at the same time, we have to make for as safe as possible of of an industry. Like, I think people hear decriminalization and they think that that means a sort of free-for-all, but it doesn't at all. It, of course, would involve um, decisions around kinds of licensing, but it's a very flexible kind of legal model. And once we're having that conversation in Ireland, we'd be in a good place. We'd be, you know, in good footing. But I think Ireland is so inspiring because from what I understand as an outsider, Ireland has this history of a lot of empowerment for for women historically but you know you have the Brehan laws and this this kind of thing and then that got obviously completely overwhelmed by the church but even then you see in the context of how something like repeal how people can just be willing to listen to each other and come back on something like that to change the constitution and it just seems like if there's any place in the world that there's real potential to bounce back towards a place of respect respecting sex workers and seeing and uh, valuing their place in society, it is in Ireland. And I'm so glad to be here, to be part of it. I'm just, I'm honoured to be here. Oh, that's so lovely to hear. 
I suppose. I don't know what that comes from. Maybe we just love the underdog. Maybe we just, yeah, I don't know. Mm. But um, mm. well, we still need to sort this out, though. Mm, you're darn right. Okay, yeah. so, so can can people get involved? Can people, is there is there any politician on your side already? Yeah, we do have, um, you know, the Green Party in general, actually, they voted against the bill in its entirety um, because of this extremely problematic criminalization of ourselves co-working and our clients. So definitely talking to the Green Party. And then there are um, there are independents as well. So but but really, it's talking to your politicians, regardless, and especially if you think that they're not on side, because that's really really where the work needs to occur. We need to go towards the places where the change needs to happen. The people who don't get it yet, the groups of people, the organizations, the individuals, they're not the enemy, they're the battlefield. As I said a while ago, if they don't get it and they don't understand it, like with the gay marriage, I know people who are going, I don't get it, I don't understand it, but it's not my right to stop other people doing it. So I, I knew some, you know, not a lot of people, but there was a few people who were going, yeah, I'm going to vote yes, because it'll help people down the line. And it's difficult enough to be homosexual in a world that's um, mm. enough barriers up against you. But they voted yes, even if they didn't understand it. I think this is similar. Even if you just don't get it and don't want to get it, if you mm. don't decriminalize it, you're making it worse. Mm, for sure. And I think I think what's unique about our struggle is that um, not everybody has personal experience with being LGBT. Not everybody has experience with having had an abortion, but nearly everybody has experience in some way, shape or form with the sex. And so what that means is I think that people uh, look, peer in at the sex industry, and they think that they can imagine what it's like based on the filter of their own experience. And um, it makes it really challenging for us to say that it's not possible to do that, that you have to ask the people who are working themselves, what is it you need today and tomorrow to be safer, to be happier, to be healthier? And if they don't want to work, what is it that you need to get out of the work? And what was it that you needed to prevent you from working if you didn't want to? But do you have to go to the people and ask them? You just have to. Yeah, I totally agree. God, Kate, this has been a beautiful chat. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to people? Because you're such a divine, gorgeous human being. You have this energy oh. even coming off the screen. Um, and you probably, oh, you, you probably need that as well. Like how, how much, what percentage of your work is doing all the business work now and saving people who are in trouble and pushing things forward with politicians? And do you actually get to enjoy being an actual sex worker? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, these COVID times are, are really challenging. So, you know, I've mostly moved my work online as well. But you can imagine the advocacy um, can overwhelm, you know. And I also have a show that I'm going to be doing hopefully in Dublin Fringe this year called Horrorcore. So it's all these things on the hob at once. But regards to people, what they can do to help us, it's getting in touch with us. It's getting in touch with Sex Workers Alliance Ireland, getting in touch with myself. You know, you can find me at Lady Grew on Twitter. You can find us anywhere online. And it's 
coming to us with any gaps in knowledge, with any burning questions. I mean, it, it's been so lovely to talk to you, Norma, as well. When I watch podcasts, I sometimes think, gosh, I wish that there was one person in the, in the corner who is playing devil's advocate the, the entire time, because that's how you iron these conversations out. Yeah. So it's contacting us with any questions, but also with any support that sex workers out there need today. Yeah, yeah, there might be people who have nowhere to turn to and don't realise. Some of them not even realise Sway exists. I presume they all know Sway is there. Yeah, I mean, we do what we can. We we incorporated in uh, 2015 after Sway had been around since 2009. So since then, we've been able to do a lot more. But um, yeah, contacting us however you can on any of the socials is, is great. Thank you so much. Okay, um, I'm going to leave it Thank there. Thank you, Norma. I don't like my po- I don't like to keep my people too long. I, I'm a, I've a short attention span myself, so I like to get to the point, get to know the person, and get the hell out. But yeah, I, thank I'm you. I'm going to you soon. I've got a character in a play I'm writing, and she's webcamming. So she's cool. now, and I'm. I need to talk to you or my friends who you know will help me with the writing and stuff of the play but there is a woman who is she's like a multitasker so she has a baby in one room she's Mm. on on an office link in another room and in another room she has this pole and she's that's that's her getaway that's her release she Mm. loves that side of of getting away from the boring stuff and the whatever and um because i don't have experience in that i need to talk to someone like yourself or just go you're way off the mark there lady yeah <laughs> i'd be delighted to help you oh my yeah. gosh yeah do you have a pole i don't have a pole but i've gone pole dancing i've gone to classes yeah norma you gotta get a pole you gotta get a pole and i, and I can virtually teach you some moves for sure I'm, I'm gonna hold you to that you i'm gonna hold you to that <laughs> great I'm sitting there now and I've been recording. You're in trouble. All right. Thank you so much, Kate. (laughs) Thank you, Norma. Have a great night. Have a great night, everybody. Brilliant. Definitely getting myself a poll. Yeah, I did one and a bit classes. Yeah, uh, it's tough. It is tough. It certainly would work the core. So the Green Party are the ones that are on board and we need to talk to the ones that aren't on board. Right. I like what she said about choice, circumstance and coercion. They're the three kind of situations that um, sex workers can get involved in sex work through. What a gorgeous woman. And her fellas are very handsome as well. Um, So her book is coming out with Mercier. Um, I'm not sure she didn't say when. And her play is in the Dublin Fringe, Whore Core. So that's Kate McGrew. Um, you can get her on Lady Grew on Twitter, uh, The Lady Grew on Instagram. Sex Workers Alliance Ireland is Sway. So that's S W A I on Twitter. And the website is sexworkersallianceireland.org. So if you enjoyed the episode, please tell your friends and uh, screen grab, share, like, subscribe. That's the important one. If you didn't enjoy, shut your hole. And until next week, thank you very much. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.